The following message is brought to you by New Song Church and Pastor Joshua Blunt in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. For more information on New Song, visit us online at newsongpeople.com. If you have your Bible, turn me to Luke chapter 16. Luke chapter 16. We are concluding our series today called The Blessed Life. And uh, today I want to talk to you about something extremely important. Okay, we've we've kind of led this series as we've talked throughout the series. We've led by asking questions a lot, and I want to I want to do that today as we kind of start off. I want to ask you something. Here's a question for you. Okay, is, is it possible that there's something that exists in this world that is designed to keep you from stepping into the blessed life that God has called you to step into? Is that possible? Is it possible that there's something in this world that exists that's trying to keep you from being the kind of person that God can look at and God can say, that person I can sow into, that person I can bless, that person I can can give to? Is it possible? Because let me tell you what I've seen. In my my time in church, I've seen something. I've seen it over and over again. I've met lots of people, and I've met some people who they love God. They really do. They love Jesus. Uh, They love ministry. They love the church. They love that the church does ministry. Uh, They're all about that until you start to talk to them about tithing and giving and finances. And something in that moment begins to rise up in them and begins to really bother them. Even though they want to see ministry done, they can't quite seem to make the connection between ministry actually being able to be done by their faithfulness and their giving and their ability to sow into the kingdom of God. And, and what is that? There, there's something to that. It, it's more than just meets the eye. See, there, there's some of you here and you've been here, you've been a part of this series and you've heard me talk about what God has to say about tithing and giving and having a heart for generosity. You've heard me teach out of Malachi about how you know, God wants to, to bless you. God says he wants to open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing that you won't be able to contain. It was funny, I was, I was thinking about that this week. It almost, it's almost, that verse is almost like a, an infomercial, you know? Like, have you ever watched an infomercial before? And, and like, it's just trying to get you to call now, right? So they keep kind of like, and if you do this, you're going to get these extra DVDs. And if you call right now, you'll get this, right? They're just trying to get you like one other thing. And we're going to knock a payment off. And you're going to, it's kind of Malachi 3. Like, I'm going to open the windows of heaven. And if you act right now, I'm going to rebuke the devourer on your behalf. That's what God says. God's like, I want to give you provision. I want to give you more. I want to bless you. And I want to protect you. It's in the Old Testament. It's before the law. It's during the law. It's in the New Testament. Jesus talked about it. And yet there's still people that still are, I don't know. I I, I can't, I'm just not there yet. Is it possible that the reason for that is because there's something else at play that you haven't quite really grasped? And I'm here to tell you today that there is. There is something. And that, that something is a spirit called the spirit of mammon. Everybody say mammon. And it's something that Jesus talked about. And it's something that's very important for us to understand because this spirit of mammon wants to prevent you from stepping into the life God wants you to have. From being the influence he's called you to be financially for the kingdom of God. So Luke chapter 16, we're going to look at this together. Starting 
in verse 9, this is Jesus talking, and he's going to talk about what I'm, what I'm talking about here, the spirit of mammon, this idea of, of this, this mammon stuff. Now, this, this mammon, this, this word mammon is listed four times in Scripture. One is in the book of Matthew, where it's the same account, the same story, uh, but Jesus lists it one time. This, this story has a little bit more detail, so it's actually listed three times in the verses we're about to read here. All right? Luke 16, verse 9, Jesus is talking here. He says this. He says, and I say to you, make friends for yourselves by unrighteous mammon. Now, this is the first time that we see that, that word. That when you fail, they. Notice it says they. Okay, we're going to come back to this, but it's, it's talking about they. It's talking about the friends that you make through unrighteous mammon. I'll explain all that as we move forward today. That they may receive you into an everlasting home. Verse 10. He who is faithful with what is least is faithful also in much, and he who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in unrighteous mammon, here it is again, who will commit to you the trust of true riches? And if you have not been faithful in what is another man's, who will give you that which is your own? Verse 13, no servant. Now I want you to really look at that, no servant. Uh, in, in Matthew, when it talks about this, it says no one, no person, no servant, no one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and, here it is again, mammon. All right, so, so we read in these verses here that you cannot serve God and mammon. And this is really interesting because this is the only really place in Scripture where Jesus makes a statement like this. He, he puts this out like this. And what's interesting is, um, in, in Scripture, Jesus never talks about when Jesus talks about there being an alternative master that you can have in your life, even though he talks about Satan being the ruler of this world, he never lists Satan as being an alternative master in our lives. When he talks about the two masters you can live under, one is God and one is mammon, this idea of mammon. Because here's the thing, mammon, money, is something, we, and we've talked about this in the series, money can be something in our life that if we're not careful, it can easily become a God in our life. Because money is something that sources things to us, does it not? And so because money is something that we use to, to get things into our life, if we're not careful, instead of looking at money the right way and seeing it as a source God uses to bless us through, we begin to look at money as the source. We, get, we begin to see it as the source. And when we do that, we, re, we replace God. Money becomes our source. Money becomes our God. And listen, if money's your God then God can't be your God. That's why Jesus says you cannot serve both. It can't be done. You cannot serve both God and mammon. So Jesus, this is Jesus talking, son of God, making a statement about the two masters that we can live under. And so if Jesus is talking about this. This is a big deal. This is something that we need to understand, that we need to come to grips with. So, so I have three points for you this morning, and all three are actually questions, okay? And here's my first question. What is mammon? If you're taking notes, write that down. What is, what is mammon? What is this mammon stuff? Now, many people may say, well, mammon sounds like, from what you're saying, mammon sounds like it's money. And, and it is, but it's actually more than that. It's actually a spirit that is, is tied to our money or can get attached to our money. See, mammon comes from an Aramaic word, uh, which means riches. But it was, actually, it was actually a god that was around at that time when Jesus was around a Syrian god that was, that was the god of riches. And so when Jesus lists this, this idea and he puts it before people, they would understand it as being this, this other god. You cannot serve God 
and this other god, Mammon. You can't, you can't do that. Now, that word Mammon comes from uh, a Babylonian word. It was a god that, that was, came into Syrian, but it was started in Babylonian, and that came from Babel. You guys remember the story of the Tower of Babel? Okay, here's the story of the Tower of Babel in a nutshell. Uh, there was a group of people that said, we don't need God that we can ascend to a place, we can get ourselves to a place in our own ability, in our own strength, in our own power, with our own riches. We can, we can ascend ourselves to a place, a heaven-like state, without God. We can replace God, and we can, we can be our own gods. We can do our own thing. And, and listen, that is the message of mammon. It wants to replace God in your life. It wants to come along, it wants you to build your security into the things of this world and your own ability and money and possessions and things like that instead of putting your faith and your hope and your trust in God and his ability to care for you and take care of you. And Jesus says you can't serve God and mammon. See, mammon is looking for someone to rule over. That spirit of mammon is looking for people that will come under its, its rule that will be led by it, that will, that will begin to worship it instead of worshiping God. You see, the message of mammon is, is this. It's a message that says you need more. That more is going to bring you joy. More is going to bring you happiness. Mammon wants to, to take God's place. It wants to replace God in your life. Mammon's actually, it promises you things that only God can really provide. Think about the, the promises of money that we can, we can buy into. That money, if we have enough money... We can have a different kind of identity. It can give us identity. It can bring joy to us. It can bring peace to us. It can really bring happiness. If we just get the right stuff, if we just surround ourselves with the right kind of stuff, we'll be with the right group of people, and, 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 every, and that will make everything so much better. But here's the problem with these promises. Mammon can never deliver on the promise. You ever notice that? You get new stuff, and it doesn't stay new very long. You get a new car, the new, the new car smell goes away. The shine goes away. You get a new house, it's great, but the new wears off. And, these, and, and what do we do? We want more. We desire more. We want a newer car. We want a better house. We want more. And it can never really be satisfied. It's a, it's a lust for the things of this world is what mammon does to us. And here's what you need to understand. God is the only one that can really provide you with identity he can provide you with real peace, real joy, real happiness. You're not going to find those things in the things of this world. You're only going to find that through God. Amen? You guys are quiet this morning. You awake? Slap the person beside you around a little bit and make sure they're awake, okay? You need to, you need to realize today, money is not the answer in your life. It really isn't. Think about this. Um, think about Jesus. Jesus never encountered anyone where someone would come to him and they had a need. Maybe they were blind. Maybe they were a leper. Maybe they were demon-possessed. Never once did someone come to Jesus needing help, and they, they came to him and they said, you know, Master, have, have mercy on me. Never once did Jesus ever look at them and go, you know what, you just need some money. <laughs> Never happened. Because money's not the answer. It's really not. Only God can bring the answers and the peace and the joy and the identity. So, so what is mammon? Here's what it is. Mammon is a spirit. It's a spirit that can get on your money. It's a spirit that, it's a demonic spirit that's in this world that can rest on your money and can rest in your mind that can try to prevent you and keep you from walking in the presence of God and the freedom that comes with trusting God with your life. Number two, 
Here's another question for you. Let's look at this. Luke 16, 9, Jesus says, I say to you, make friends for yourself by unrighteous mammon. So Jesus calls this mammon. He lists it's an unrighteous mammon. And so you can't help but kind of hear that and think, well, so is Jesus saying that money is a bad thing? And, and that's kind of the next question. Number two, if you're taking notes, is, is money evil? And, and I'll give you the answer. No, it's not. <laughs> Money's not evil. In fact, money is neutral. Money is not necessarily good. It's not necessarily bad. Money is just a neutral thing. You say, well, but Josh, I, I thought there was a verse that said that, you know, money is the root of all evil. Isn't that in the Bible? Well, that's not what it says. In fact, look at this with me. First Timothy 6, verse 10 says this. It says, for the love, everybody say love. The love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. The love of money is the root of all evil. And look at what it goes on to say. And some people craving money, in other words, people that have come under this spirit of mammon, look what happens to them, have wandered from the true faith and pierced themselves. They hurt themselves with many sorrows. That's what mammon does. You begin to chase something. You wander away from God, and you begin to, to hurt yourself. You don't even realize you're doing it, but you're hurting yourself, trying to fulfill these God-shaped holes that are inside of you with things in this world that don't fit, that don't work. Here's what I think God is saying in this. He's not saying, he's saying that the love, loving and serving money, loving and serving mammon, that's the root of all kinds of evil in your life. Now, when Jesus referred to this as unrighteous mammon, he wasn't talking about money specifically, just money. He was talking about the spirit that can get attached to our money, that, that can attach itself to our money. Now, you say, well, money doesn't have a spirit on it. Oh, I beg to differ. And here's how you can know money has a spirit to, to it. It can talk to you. Can it? We've all been, maybe you've been there before. I, I know I've been there before. I feel like God starts speaking to me and telling me that I should give something or I should bless somebody else. And it's in those moments that money starts to talk. And it says, oh, you better not do that. I don't think that's a good idea. Anybody been there? Anybody with me? You've been there before. Maybe you're, you've been in this series and you've been thinking about tithing, but something keeps telling you, oh, you better not do that. We don't have enough. That's the spirit of mammon. Or maybe that here's another way we'll talk to you. Maybe you find yourself in a season where things are not going so good. It's kind of a rough season for you. And money will start talking to you. And it'll say stuff like, you know what you need? You just need a new car. If you had a new car, you'd be so much happier. Or you need a new outfit, girls. Wardrobe, Sarah. You need a new wardrobe. If you just had a new wardrobe, you'd be much happier. And, and so... It's a spirit. It speaks to us. It, it, wants to, it wants to keep you from your connection to God. Uh, and and, and here's, here's what we have to learn to do. We have to learn to submit our, our finances to God. See, your money has a spirit on it. It's got one of two spirits on it. It's either got the spirit of God on it or it's got the spirit of this world. See, we live in a fallen world. And even though we're Christians and we're saved and we're redeemed from the curse of the law, because we live in this world, we can still fall under the curse. And, and your finances, your money is under the curse. Naturally, it, it by default is under the curse unless you redeem it. And how you redeem it is through God's process, tithing, giving. Remember we talked about this last week. We said that when you give the first, God blesses the rest, right? That he redeems the rest from being under the curse. Well, what is the curse? It's the curse of mammon. It's the curse that this world exists under. 
that tries to get you to do things your own way, tries to get you to believe that if you can just do this your own way, that if you can just develop this, you know, get enough stuff, that, that if you just have that Range Rover, everything's going to be good. That if you, you know, everybody in your company, they've got that car, so if you're going to be, you know, fit in with everybody else, you've got to have that car too. It chases after something that you can never grasp. It chases it, lusts for things that you, that's mammon. And God wants to redeem you out from underneath that. He wants to pull you out from under that. And how you do that is you submit your finances to God. You put God first. You say, God, I'm going to give you the first 10%. I submit. And when you do that, you break the curse over your life. You come out from underneath the curse of mammon. You, you bring yourself out where mammon can't control you, where the voice of mammon that tries to speak to you gets broken over your, your life. And you can freely do what God's asking you to do and walk in the freedom and the blessing that he has for you. Now, look back at this with me, Luke 16, verse 9. I want you to look at this. This is really interesting what Jesus says here. He says, I say to you, make friends for yourself by unrighteous mammon, that when you fail, they may receive you into an everlasting home. Now keep that verse up there. Now it's interesting because if you look at this verse, it's kind of, it's easy to misunderstand this verse because you can almost read it and you can almost think, well, okay, so I think what God's telling me here is if I, if I will take my money and I will, uh, you know, give it to other people, I can use my money to, to try to get other people to, to give me stuff and I can kind of use money to win friends, and then I want to win friends, and they'll, they'll give me, you know, if I ever need help, they'll come to my, to my aid. But that's, that's not at all what it's saying, okay? What it's saying here is that God wants to take this unrighteous mammon, and he wants to bless it, and he wants to use it to, to change people's lives. See, here's the key to this verse. It's the word fail. You know what the word fail? Actually, the real translation of that word is die. Jesus is talking here about what will happen someday when we go to meet Jesus. See, there's coming a day that you're going to, you know, whether Jesus comes back or you die someday, you're going to stand before God, and you're going to arrive in heaven, and when you get there, there's going to be people that come up to you, and they're going to come up to you, and they're going to say, you know what? I'm here because of you, because you, because you gave faithfully. And we, we think a lot of times about the people that we reach, the people that we go, you know, speak to and we minister to in that way, but did you know that your finances help bring people into the kingdom of God. Your finances, your giving, your tithing, your faithfulness there is, is plundering heaven, or plundering hell, sorry, and is bringing people into heaven, populating heaven. And, and, and so we don't see that, but, but when you give, when you bless the church, when you obey God, God's able to take those finances, he's able to use those to help build the kingdom of God, help build souls. And so there's a day that you're going to get to heaven, and you don't even know this is happening, but there's going to be people that come up to you, and they're going to say, hey, because of you, because you were a faithful giver, because you sowed into the kingdom of God, I got ministered to through the church, and I'm here because of you. You see, I don't know if you know this, but here at New Song Church, when you tithe, when you give, we take those finances and we use those. Yes, we pay our bills. And, uh, and like I was telling you earlier, we were able to buy lights and we're able to add classrooms and we're able to do all those things, which is all ministry that we're doing here. But beyond that, you know, this last year, our first year as a church, uh, we gave $50,000 to help plant churches across America. That's awesome. That's unheard of for a new church. $50,000 went out of this church to help other churches be planted. There's people that are getting saved in other churches that someday you're going you're gonna to stand before. They're going to stand before you and they're going to say, because you gave, I'm here. That's amazing. Um, because of your, your giving. You know, part of what we do every month is we give money to Israel. 
a part of our finances that come in. We send out to Israel. God said that if you bless Israel, I'll bless you. God said that the message of the gospel was supposed to go to the Jew first. So we take a part of the money that comes in and we send it out. And, and we give to a ministry that goes into Israel and it, it helps people to understand that Jesus is the Messiah that came. It helps them to understand that, that, that they can come to know Jesus and have a relationship with him. We, we give to them. We, that, that, that ministry serves orphans and widows and helps them. That's, that's part of what we do with those finances. Because of your faithful giving, we're able to give some of the single moms in here on Valentine's Day, we're able to deliver gifts to their doors. Because of your faithful giving, we're able to help some orphans in this city. Because people are faithful to give, we're able to bless the kingdom of God. See, here's what God wants to do. He wants to take something like mammon that's unrighteous that can be used for bad, and he wants to redeem it. And here's what he does. He can turn it into souls. Only Jesus can do that. But he does it when we're obedient and we're faithful. When we do our part in giving. See, I want you to see this isn't just about us. Yes, God wants to bless us, but he wants to build the kingdom of God. And our finances help do that. When we're obedient to do our part and to sow into the church and to sow into the kingdom of God, God takes that and he redeems it and he blesses other people and he grows the kingdom of God. All right, now look at this. This is uh, Luke 16. Actually, well, I'll just say this. Money's not evil. It's neutral. But God wants to take it and he wants to redeem it for his kingdom. Now, here's, here's the third question. What should I do with my money? What should I do with my money? Well, here's what you should do with your money. You should be a good steward with your money. And maybe you're here this morning, and, you know, I've been talking about this. We've been in this series for four weeks, and you've been hearing me talk about this, and you find yourself kind of going, Josh, this is all well and good, but here's the thing. I don't have enough of this unrighteous mammon to really make a difference. Maybe you're here, and you're a high school student. Maybe you're, you're young, I, I don't know. Maybe you're just in a place that you, don't, you just don't have very much and you can kind of look at it and say, well, you know, someday when I get more, that's when I'll do this. But let me just tell you something. I really, I want you to listen to me. Listen, this is important that you get this. If that's the attitude that you have, if that's the thinking that you have, that um, I have too little to be concerned about what Jesus taught, because that's really what it's saying. That's what you're saying. If that's what you're saying, you need to understand something. You're never going to have more. Look at what it says, Luke 16, verse 10. He who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. And he who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. Here's what Jesus is saying. If you have little and you don't tithe, you're never going to have much. If you can't be faithful with the little things, God's not going to bless you with more. See, here's how it works for all of us. All of us. We all start off with a little. And and what God does is he looks at us and he tests us with that. And he watches us. And when we're faithful, he gives us more. And when we're faithful, he gives us more. And and realize this, the, the goal of God is to bless you. He wants to bless you. He wants you to be a blessing to your family, to the world around you. He wants to pour into you. He wants to sow into you. He wants to do that. That's what he wants to do. But if we're not going to be faithful and do what he's asking us to do, just, just realize we're not going to experience that. Now look at this, Luke 16, verse 12. It says, if you've not been faithful with what is another man's, whose will give you what is your own? Now there's a lot of applications to that, obviously. But let's just stick with, with where we've been going in this series, the application of tithing. We talked in the series about how Jesus said that, uh, that the tithe is, is his, Right? 
we understand all of our money is God's, right? We, everything we have comes from God, but, but God specifically says the tithe is mine. He has consecrated it. He has set it apart. He says don't touch it. He says if you do, that you're stealing from him. Isn't that right? Isn't that what we read in Malachi? So if we're not faithful with that part that he's asked us to give, he's not going to be able to bless us and give us more. Now, here, notice what it says, too, in Malachi 3, when it talks about the tithe. It says we are to bring the tithe into the storehouse. Notice it doesn't say that we're to give the tithe to the storehouse, but we bring the tithe. Why? Because you can't give something that doesn't belong to you. Remember, the tithe belongs to God. It's consecrated. It's set apart. So he's saying we're to bring that back to him. Let me, let me illustrate it like this, okay? Imagine that um, I'm getting ready to go on a trip. I'm going to be gone for about three days. And uh, so David Terry, our worship pastor, comes up to me, and he says, hey, Pastor Josh, my car has been giving me some trouble, and I need to take it in to get it worked on. And I know you're going to be out of town, so while you're out of town, here's what I thought. I thought uh, I could take you to the airport, and then I could use your car while you're gone, and that way you don't have to pay parking fees and all that stuff, and, and that way I'll have a car while my car is getting worked on, and then when you get back, I'll pick you up, and I'll, I'll take you home. I'm like, okay, David, that sounds great. I'd, I'd love to help you out in that way, and that'll be nice for me, having someone take me and drop me off at the airport. So, so we agree on the deal. So David takes me to the airport. He's using my car while I'm gone. He picks me up at the airport whenever I fly back a few days later. He's taking me home. We get to my house, and he gets out of the car, and he walks around to me, and he's got my keys, and he says, Pastor Josh, me and Kaylee have been talking. Kaylee's his wife, by the way. She's right there. We've been talking, and, uh, and we've been praying. And uh, God's laid it on our heart. We want to, to give you this car. <laughs> he hands me the keys. I'm going to look at David. I'm going to say, David, you're losing it, bud. Because that's my car. And you're not giving me anything. You're returning to me what belongs to me. I wonder sometimes if, if we think we're giving to God. God, I'm going to give you the tithe. God, here you go. Here you go, God. You're welcome. <laughs> and God's up in heaven going, uh, you're losing it, bud. Because you can't give me what belongs to me. It belongs to God. It's already his. But here's the thing. When we do it God's way, he's faithful. And he blesses us for it. And he rebukes the devour. And he can pull us out from underneath the curse of this world. But in order for that to happen, we have to obey God. We've got to be faithful. Wherever you may be, small, big, we've got to be faithful to obey God and do what we're told to do. Now look at this. Luke 16, verse 11. It says this, Therefore, if you have not been faithful in unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust the true riches? True riches. Now what is true riches? Well, true riches is people. You look around this room today and you can see what true riches are. It's not the bodies that we can actually see, but it's the, it's the spirits. It's the souls in this room. That's true riches. And we all have the opportunity to sow into this world and sow into God and build what God's calling us to build and, and reach and create true riches for ourselves. You know, everything in this world at some point is going to burn. This world's going to pass away. And the only thing that me and you get to take to heaven with us 
are the people that we invested in. The only thing I get to take to heaven with me are people that I sow into. And no, no greater investment do I have in my life than my family. The, the, the true riches for me, when I think of true riches, I think of my wife, Sarah, and I think of my three little kids. They're, they're the only ones that I can invest in in such a way that I can, I can take them with me. Everything else I have, every other possession I have in this world, I'm gonna, it's going to be gone. But I can bring them with me. I want to show you this. This is a picture of my girls here. This is Bo and Sonny. And that's Ellis, too. That's our dog. He's a hipster. He's got a beard and a mohawk. Sarah's dog. But that's Bo on the left there. She's got the brown hair. And that's Sonny. And these are my daughters. These are true riches to me. Now, they're little. You know, Sonny's three. Bo's going to be six in 16 days. And so they're just little girls just getting started in their life. But there's coming a day that they're going to get older. And as you can see, they both have a lot in common with their mom. So they're going to be very pretty. And there's going to be a lot of boys that come calling. Let me just tell you, you better come correct. Because <laughs> I ain't playing around. Because this is, this is true riches. This is important to me. And so someday there's going to be a boy that comes to my house that wants to date one of my daughters, and I'm going to put him to a test. <laughs> There's going to be some guidelines that I want him to submit to. And, and part of what I'm doing is I, I really am testing him to see if he'll honor me, because if he won't honor me, he probably won't honor them. And so I want to see if he'll honor me, if he'll do what I ask him to do. So I'm going to bring him in, and I'm going to sit him down, and I'm going to show him some knives and some guns that I have in my house. Just kidding, kind of. But I'm going to sit him down. I'm going to, I'm going to ask him some questions. My first question is this. Tell me about when you made Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life. I want to hear what he has to say when it comes to that. Here's the second question I'm going to ask him. Are you filled with the Spirit? It's an important question for me. Jesus said, I'm going to send you a helper, and he will guide you into all truth and all wisdom. And, and I want you to know, with my true riches here, I want them to have a man in their life that knows how to be led by the Spirit of God. So that's an important question to me. But here's the third question. Are you a tither? Here's the great thing about being a pastor. I can check and see. <laughs> you say, Josh, that seems a little extreme. Really? You think so? Because here's how I see it. If I have the opportunity to check on something like that, why wouldn't I? Why wouldn't I want to check before I'm going to give away my true riches to some boy? Why wouldn't I want to check first to make sure he's not a thief? Do you guys get that? Because if he ain't tithing, he's a thief. That's what the Bible says. And, and you better think, I'm, there's no way I'm going to give away my true. These are the only daughters I have. There's no way I'm going to give away these girls to some boy who can't even be trusted with unrighteous mammon. How could I ever trust him with my true riches? I hope you're seeing the connection this morning. We serve a God who owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He has the ability to bless you, and he wants to bless you. He really does. He wants to so bad. He's a good father. He loves you. He's for you. But there, there's no way he's going to bless you with true riches 
if you can't be faithful with what he's already put in your hands. The stewardship stuff is a big deal. I remember um, sitting down one time, I was having lunch with Pastor Robert Morris. And in this, in this lunch, he was talking to a group of us pastors. And he made a statement, and I'll never forget it. He was talking about how God is a good steward. And that God, he, he never asks us to do anything that he's not already. And, and so God, he looks for good stewards because he is a good steward. He's looking for people. Because understand this, he can't give to people who aren't good stewards. He can't bless them because if he did that, he wouldn't be a good steward. Right? Just like we can't invest in things that are going to be bad investments and call ourselves good stewards. So, so here's what God's doing. He's, because he works through people, this is what Pastor Robert said, because he works through people, he's desperately looking for faithful people who will be good stewards so he can sow into their lives because he has to work through people because that's how he's chosen to do it. So he's just looking for people who will prove themselves faithful, that he can sow in financially, that he can sow wisdom into, that he can sow his word into, people who will take that word that he's given them and they'll use it to make a difference in the world around them. He's desperately looking for this. Listen, this is, this is more than just us. This is about the kingdom of God. God wants to take unrighteous mammon. He wants to take your money. He wants to redeem it. And he wants to use it to build the kingdom of God. He wants to use it to put souls in heaven. That's an amazing, amazing thing. And so, so giving is not just about what I want to do. It's ministry. It's worship. It's something that I get to do that is so important to God's kingdom being built. I know I've said this over and over again through the series. I want you to still hear me. The series has not been about trying to get your money. The series is about you surrendering your heart to God because God has something more for you. I'm not trying to get your money. Listen, our church is doing so good. I I met with a group of pastors this week and I was blown away by the faithfulness God has shown to us. We are, we are positioned as a church, so you know, far, far beyond where we should be at this place because God's faithful. It's, it's, it's amazing. There, there are things on the horizon for us right now that are unheard of. Only God, Psalms 40, what this church is built on. Many will see what the Lord has done and they'll put their trust in him. I can't explain what God's done here. It's only by his grace and his goodness and his faithfulness. And there's exciting days ahead. And I I wish I could tell you about some of it, but I can't yet, but I will soon. But there's some really cool stuff on the horizon for us. I just want you to know, God's been good to us. And and I'm, hear me when I say this, I'm so proud of you guys. So proud of you. So proud that our, our giving has gone up through this series. And that's not what it was about for us. It was about for you. I know there's testimonies that are going to come. I know there's freedom that's going to be produced in people's lives here. I know there's going to be people that look back at the series and they said, that's when everything changed for me. God is amazing, and he's for you, and he wants to bless you, and he loves you, and he wants to take everything that's been placed in your hands, and he wants to use it to build his kingdom. And he's done so much for us. How could we withhold anything from him? Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Thanks for listening to this week's message from New Song Church. If you have a prayer need or would like more information about New Song, you can email info at newsongpeople.com. If you would like to partner with New Song through giving, go to www.newsongpeople.com forward slash give. And if you want to stay connected to New Song, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching for New Song People.